Shema Yisrael. Welcome to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries with Aaron Budgen. Aaron discovered Jesus is his Messiah while preparing to be a rabbi. He now teaches for several organizations and is the teaching pastor for Living God Ministries. Strongly distinguishing between the Old and New Covenants, Aaron presents the scriptures from a Judaic and historical frame of reference. Join Aaron now as he reveals the reality foreshadowed and the new life we can now experience because of what the Lord Jesus accomplished for us. In the previous program, I was talking about the importance of understanding that it is the truth that our God has revealed to us that sets us free. Now, of course, he is the one who truly sets us free. But in this abstract sense, it is the truth that he reveals that sets us free in the context that in many cases we believe things that are not true. And when those things are corrected, then he is the one that sets us free through the acknowledgement of the truth, through the acknowledgement of the reality that has been revealed to us in a sober-minded, divine way. Now, I was also explaining in the previous program that Above and beyond the beliefs that people have, that many people believe things that are not true and that puts them into bondage, that that's one thing. But the other thing is, is that there are many things in the world that can also distract us from a relationship with our God. That is not to say that we are not to enjoy the things that are in the world. I do believe that we should do that, that he has given us the world to enjoy, and we should certainly do that. For example, when he gave the Garden of Eden to Adam and Eve, he told them to enjoy the garden, to eat all of the fruit that was available there in the garden. And so I don't believe that we should just find some cave and isolate ourselves from the entire world, never to participate and enjoy it at all. What I was intending to say was that there are many people who pursue the world believing that they are going to have a sense of purpose in their life, that they are going to have an understanding of their life because of their participation, as opposed to having their purpose and their understanding defined by their relationship with their God, that that's something very different. Now, I was explaining that many people are motivated by their desire to try to get as much as they can out of this world. That for a lost person, that tends to be the focus of their life, that they are driven, trying to obtain whatever they can obtain from the world at their disposal so that they can feel a sense of accomplishment, they can feel a sense of value. There are many reasons why people pursue that, but I want you to know and I want you to understand that this is an important part of many people's lives, and people are devoted to trying to get as much as they can. And unfortunately, because they are pursuing these things outside of their relationship with their God, in effect, using these things as a substitute for the relationship that God has called them to, that that's really what makes it evil. Our God has created us in such a way that our peace and rest, our desire for love and acceptance, that these things would be fulfilled by him, But unfortunately, people approach the world in this context believing that they will have peace and rest when they acquire enough things in the world, that they will feel loved and accepted when they engage in things in the world. And that's when it becomes a form of idolatry. Now, I was also explaining that when people fail to do this on their own, then what they do is they call upon divine intervention. They request for divine intervention to help them accomplish these things. Now, in this program, I would like to approach these same two subjects, these same two issues from a different perspective, and that's found in Romans chapter 1, verse 18, 
where I will explain this using two different terms, one term being ungodliness and the other term being unrighteousness. That's what I'm going to do in this program. But before I do that, let's begin in Romans chapter 1, verse 18, where it says in the beginning of it, For the wrath of God is revealed, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. What I'd like to focus on first is this notion of the wrath of God. In this context, I believe that the wrath of God is revealed to people because they are pursuing fulfillment for the deepest needs that God created them to have. They are pursuing fulfillment for these needs outside of their relationship with their God. And because of that, they engage in sin, and the wrath of God will be revealed to these individuals. It will be expressed to these individuals because they were seeking fulfillment for the deepest needs of their heart outside of a relationship with their God. They were pursuing these things in the world. These are the root issues. These are the reasons why people commit sin. I understand that people can say that the wrath of God will be revealed will be expressed to those who commit sin, to those who engage in sin. That's true. But what I'm referring to right now is the root causes as to why people commit sin. And the reasons why people commit sin are the very root issues as to why the wrath of God will be expressed. And the bottom line, of course, is that the wrath of God will be given to individuals because they fail to trust in him, because they fail to believe in him. And, of course, the sins that are manifested in people's lives are nothing more than the individual varieties of different manifestations, of different expressions within different people. People sin in different ways. You know, there are a lot of ways to engage in sin, and there are plenty of sins to go around for everybody. But the reasons why, the motives behind that, the dynamics behind these sins, people do share in common. They do share these dynamics in common. And these dynamics have to do with the emptiness that is within the individuals. And that's what I want to focus on right now is the fact that people are pursuing fulfillment for the emptiness that is within them in the world. And that results in sin. And for that reason, the wrath of God is expressed. The wrath of God is given because people don't believe in him, they don't trust in him. When the living God kicked Adam and Eve out of the Garden of Eden, he did that because they didn't believe in him, they didn't trust in him. People will not enter into the kingdom of heaven because they don't believe in him, they don't trust in him. People were drowned in the flood of Noah because they did not believe in him and they did not trust in him. The manifestations in people's life were very real. Those manifestations were sin. But the root causes of these manifestations have to do with a person's emptiness. All right, now there are two ways that people have approached their attempts to try to resolve this emptiness within them. The first classification of people that I would like to describe are those people who pursue the world and only the world and have no consideration for the living God whatsoever. And then the second group of people have to do with those who do have consideration for the living God, but unfortunately they are calling upon his divine intervention to indulge their flesh in the world, not necessarily in the context of sin, but to indulge their flesh in the things of the world, because there are things in the world that you can enjoy and be dependent on and to trust in that are not necessarily sin. 
For example, you can have food, you can have shelter, you can have safety and security. These are things that you can obtain in the world outside of your dependency on your God, and that that is another form of sin. It is another form of indulgence of the flesh, because again, you are depending on the world and not really the God who is delivering these things to you. That's a very difficult thing to identify. It's a very fine line to identify that a person is truly trusting in what God delivers as opposed to the God, regardless of whether he delivers or not. Trusting in your God is very different from trusting and depending on what you expect him to give you or how you expect him to protect you or how you expect him to bless you, that these are different things that I'm referring to. And because of that, there is a third classification of people, and that is those people who truly live their lives in response to what their God has revealed. And what I'm referring to is that he has revealed that he is enough that he will love us enough, that he will accept us enough, that he will provide us with a sense of peace and rest regardless of what is happening to our flesh. If we are being tortured or we are experiencing some nice vacation someplace, regardless of what is going on in our life in a physical sense, if our dependency is properly placed on the Lord, then we can certainly enjoy the things that we experience. We can be disappointed in the things that we, of course, would rather not experience. But regardless of those things, our trust in him resolves the concerns of our needs for love and acceptance, meaning and purpose. That's what I'm trying to refer to, is that there is another category of people who live regardless of their condition, regardless of their circumstances. And so again, the first classification of people is those who are focused on their circumstances and have no acknowledgement of God whatsoever. The second classification of people is those people who are totally consumed with their circumstances as well, in a similar way as the first classification of people are. However, the second classification of people are those people who are focused on their circumstances for their peace and rest, but they are requesting divine intervention to help them overcome the struggles of life by providing them with those things that they could not get on their own. And then there is the third classification of people who are not looking to those things that are available in the world or the people who are available in the world, but they are truly completely depending on their God and their circumstances are nothing more than supplemental to the life that they already have that is a life of believing and trusting and relying on their God and enjoying their relationship with him. And so the supplemental issues with regards to engaging the world allow them to enjoy wonderful things that the Lord has provided in the world. And, of course, they can also be disappointed and experience pain and suffering in the world because of the sin that exists in the world. But we live above and beyond these things. And if the Lord intervenes in a divine way, we can be thankful. And if he does not intervene in a divine way, then we can still be thankful. Unfortunately, the second classification of people cannot live in thankfulness because they believe that their God exists for the purpose of providing them with blessings in the world. All right, now, I'm going to put some labels on these people now. Now, the first classification of people I will refer to as the ungodly. These are people who are definitely 
not godly at all. And they have no interest in those things that are godly, and they have no interest in the God who I am referring to, the true and living God. These people I will define as being ungodly. Now, the other group of people, the second classification of people who call upon divine intervention to, of course, bless them in their lives, I will refer to as the unrighteous. And the reason why I will refer to them in that way is because they attempt to obtain divine intervention by their repentance and obedience to God, repentance from their sins and obedience to his commandments. There are many people who believe that because of their repentance and obedience, God will bless them. But will they truly become repentant and obedient enough? According to the law that our God revealed, there is no way that anyone will ever be able to repent and obey enough to earn or to obtain the blessings of God. And he does not give partial blessings for partial obedience. He doesn't do that. It's either all or nothing. That's what he defined in the law. Unfortunately, people have made up all kinds of bizarre theologies that contradict this, whereas people believe that if you will try, if you will give it your best effort, then God will give you a partial payment for your efforts. But I see no evidence for that in the scriptures whatsoever. So there is a second classification of people who are attempting to be righteous, and I say attempting to be righteous because they think that they can get close enough to it that God will respond and intervene in their lives in a divine way in order to provide them with blessings. And these blessings are, of course, defined as blessings in their flesh. That's effectively what they are, and that's why I refer to them as opportunities to indulge an individual's flesh. But what I would like to define is this term unrighteousness, and that is that a person is trying to be righteous, but they are, of course, going to fail to be righteous by their repentance and obedience, and so they will not be righteous. They will effectively be unrighteous. So the first classification of people are those who are ungodly. The second classification of people are those who are unrighteous. And then the third classification of people are, of course, righteous, not because of their repentance or obedience. They are righteous because they trust and believe in their God. Abraham, as an example, was declared to be righteous because he trusted and believed his God. Adam and Eve fell. The entire sin issue of humanity came into existence, became an issue because they did not believe their God. Abraham believed his God, and on that basis he was declared to be righteous. And we also are declared to be righteous because we believe and trust our God. It has always been that way, and it will always be that way. People have always been identified as righteous. They have always been identified as people who walk with God because they trust him, because they believe in him. That is why it has always been that way. It is that way now, and it will always be this way in the future. And I believe that the third classification of people, those who trust and believe in their God, are those who are considered to be godly. So again, in Romans chapter 1, verse 18, it is written, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. 
All right. Now, here we have the two classifications of people that I was referring to. And the third classification is implied because those are the people who are not going to experience the wrath of God. The people who will receive the wrath of God are, first and foremost, those who are ungodly, which means that those are people who don't even acknowledge the existence of God at all, and they are pursuing a life of indulgence in their flesh, trying to obtain love, acceptance, meaning, and purpose in their lives through their pursuit of the indulgence of their flesh by engaging in sin directly. Then there are the unrighteous, who are pursuing indulgence of their flesh, but not necessarily through sin. They are doing so, trying to obtain whatever the world has to offer them. But what they do, what they engage in, is not necessarily something that has been defined by sin, but instead their sin is that they believe that they can depend on the things of the world for their meaning and purpose, and that they believe that they are going to be able to call upon divine intervention because they are repentant and obedient. And so on this basis, these are the religious people. And I use the word religious in the context that this is an individual who is devoted to a life of repentance and obedience in order to obtain divine intervention to bless them in their lives. I believe that my God can certainly bless me in my life. Don't get me wrong. However, I live on the basis of the blessings that he has already given to me, whereas these people are living to try to obtain further blessings beyond what he has already given. And if he has already given all that we truly need for life and godliness, then what are these people asking for? They're asking for things that are beyond what we need for life and godliness. That's my point. Okay, and so these people who are unrighteous are those who are religious, who are devoted to a life of repentance and obedience. Those are the unrighteous because they are attempting to be righteous and they are not going to succeed. They will always be unrighteous. If you'd like to identify someone who is an outright sinner, then go ahead and go to the ungodly. But for those who are trying to be religious, I refer to them as the unrighteous. Now, those who will trust and depend on what the Lord has already given, who will enjoy the blessings that he has already given, who will live according to what they already have, those I believe we can refer to as the godly. Now, the wrath of God is going to be revealed to those who are religious. It is going to be revealed to those who are unrighteous, even though they may think that they are righteous. But where is the line? I mean, where is the definitive line that a person can say that they cross when they go from being unrighteous to godly? I mean, what is that real line? Where is that line really in existence? Because I know many people who are very religious, who I could define as being unrighteous because they do not fully depend on what the Lord has already done, on what he has already given, but they are still devoted to trying to obtain something through their repentance and obedience. How do I distinguish between those who are truly unrighteous and those who are godly but are still living in a way that they are maturing, that they are growing. And you know, growth and maturity is an experience. It takes time for an individual to break out of this righteousness, unrighteousness concern. It takes time for a person to really rest and trust in the Lord 
on the basis of what he has done instead of trusting in the Lord, hoping in what he might do. That is a difficult experience for people to get through. There are many people who struggle in religion. I struggled in religion. Now, I did not experience a lot of religion in Christianity. I personally experienced most all of my religion in the context of Judaism. There are many people who experience something similar in other faiths, such as Catholicism or in Mormonism and other different systems of belief. People experience religious stuff in different ways all the time. I would like to believe that even though I was still struggling with the concerns of repentance and obedience, that I was still saved and that I would not experience the wrath of God. Considering what I know and understand and believe today, it is my belief that I will not encounter the wrath of God, not for myself personally. But when did that occur? When was that decision made that I would be separated from the wrath of God? I honestly, I have no idea. I don't know the answer to that question, and this is something that I am okay with not knowing because I believe that I can trust my God to make this decision. I believe that we can trust him in the sense that even if a person is struggling with the issues of do they repent and obey to obtain the blessings of God, that even though they may wrestle with those things, even though they may still be trusting and relying on on their God for that purpose, to give them blessings when he has already given them all the blessings that he is going to deliver. Again, he might still intervene in our lives in a personal way. That's not what I'm referring to. What I'm referring to is those blessings that he gives for life and godliness, not to enjoy our lives, but for life, for godliness, for living in the way that he wants us to live, that he has called us to. Where is that line, and how is that decision made? I don't know, but I do know, this is what I do know, I do know that it exists. That I do know, and I do know that my God can be trusted to make the right decision concerning that line, that he will make the decision. Now, if I was making the decision, I personally believe that if a person acknowledges that they have a need for forgiveness and mercy, and they turn to their God for forgiveness and mercy, it is my belief that even though they may struggle with a lot of religion, that that will be the definitive line. It's my belief, from what I understand about the gospel and what I see overall about the character and nature of my God, I do sincerely believe that. However, in saying that, I do not want to diminish the seriousness of engaging in religion, engaging in that, and being identified as someone who is actually unrighteous, that they believe that they are righteous to some extent, but they are truly unrighteous, and the wrath of God will come upon them. I don't want to diminish that, and I do want you to take this seriously and examine yourself to see whether or not you are truly trusting in him, whether or not you are truly believing in him. I do believe that even though I can consider that line to be on the basis of recognizing your need for forgiveness and receiving that, even though I do believe that that can be the case, I do not want to diminish the seriousness of the fact that there are many people who are engaging in this world in a very unrighteous way. And that way is a life of repentance and obedience when he has not called us to that. He has called us to something else. And that is to live a life of peace and rest in what he has done, not in what we think we are going to do on his behalf. 
In verse 19, Romans chapter 1, verse 19, it is written, Because that which is known about God is evident within them. For God made it evident to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power, and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made, so that they are without excuse. Now, I believe that this is very important to recognize and to understand, and that is that regardless of what people think or what people believe, our God has provided enough evidence so that he will be very comfortable providing people with his wrath. There are many people who may be offended by that. They may feel that he has not provided enough evidence concerning his reality, the reality that he is, and that he is the divine presence who has created all things to include us, and that his righteousness His godliness has been expressed adequately from his point of view so that no one is going to have an excuse. His wrath will be given. His judgment will be executed. And while many people may feel very uncomfortable, they may feel as though he has not provided enough evidence for them, he believes that he has. And that is what truly matters. You know, regardless of what people argue, regardless of what people debate, There are many things that people discuss and debate all the time, and there are many opinions concerning all kinds of subjects that people discuss. But regardless of what we think, regardless of what our conclusions are, I do believe that my God has only one opinion on that subject, and his opinion is what I personally would really like to know, because in the end, that is all that will truly matter. Our God has called us to himself so that we can know him and so that he can reveal to us the world through his eyes so that we can see and understand what he is doing, what he has made and what he is accomplishing. He offers us discernment, but in many cases we must let go of our own opinions and our own beliefs and truly depend on him and believe, believe what he has to say. You've been listening to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries. You can hear all of our programs for free through our radio archive at livinggodministries.net. That is, livinggodministries.net. Do help us develop new radio programs and continue broadcasting on this and other radio stations. Send your contributions to Living God Ministries, P.O. Box 383-53, Colorado Springs, Colorado. 80937 or use the donation link on our website livinggodministries.net that is livinggodministries.net Thank you,